Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options, different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. I am just absolutely delighted and in my full body pleasure today to introduce you to um, Dominique DeVita. That is her full name. However, her friends call her DeVita. And I think in most circles now, she's just becoming known as DeVita. So um, that is how I'm going to address her today. Uh, What do I want to say about DeVita? Well, we just met a week ago. And uh, thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for the invitation. Oh, I love to I, talk. I love to talk about sex, though. You know, oh, my, my favorite topic. So I'm like, uh, oh yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, um, Davida is just um, like I said. I'm just getting to know her, but she is just a total pleasure queen. And that is, you know, honestly, one of my favorite things about having started a podcast last year is that I just get to be in like the kinds of sexy conversations that I would just want to be in, you know, like if I didn't have this, I might just be like, you know, inviting Davida to have some tea with me, you know, whenever she's in LA, but because I have this, I'm like, Oh, I just get to have, have a fun conversation with a a gorgeous new woman, uh, who I just met about some sexy topics. So what is better than that? <laughs> I can't think of anything unless we invited a few sexy men. <laughs> you know, I'm you know, open. You know, you never know what could happen. <laughs> yeah. Anything's, so, anything's possible, especially in LA. That's one thing when I lived in LA, I loved, I felt like a kid in a candy store. There are so many beautiful people there. I was like, oh my goodness. Where do I begin? (laughs) That is true. That is true. And there are, there are beautiful people and there are also like soulful, beautiful people. You know, that's the thing for me that I love about being in LA is it's not just like, oh, the aesthetic, like movie scene, you know? Yes. There's Uh some really, yeah. I met some really magical souls when I was there too. And when I first went there, it was the flash and it was the first things you see with that, you know, with the aesthetic, with the Hollywood vibes. But then when you dive in deeper and you've been there for a while and you start to meet other people, there's so much more than surface level with that city. So. Totally. Well, um, so we're going to jump in, uh, in just a minute and I just want to hear all the juice, uh, from you Davida. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to share a little bit of your background. Uh, so my listeners know who you are. Um, so Davida is, she's a, listen to this registered nurse 
and a sexpert. She's a transformational Tantra coach um, and she owns a company called Yes Tantra. (laughs) I'm a hard yes to that. Um, And, you know, I, I, I really, in my life, you know, as if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, since the beginning, you know, that everything I do is based on desire and desire is the thing I'm in service to. And that I honor. And so, like I said, I met Davida about a week ago. Uh, We were both um, on a, on a panel in clubhouse um, talking about power leaks. And just every time she said something, like, I just felt like we were totally on the same wavelength. And then she, she reached out and she was like, Oh, I have a desire to be on your podcast. And I'm like, well, I am in service to desire. I I also have that desire. And that's how desire works is, you know, it's a feedback loop. And so I just love, you know, kind of corralling women like this into my field uh, because I never know uh, what's going to be created. So thanks for sharing your desire with me. Yes, you're welcome. Yes. And we're speaking on the panel and the way you were speaking about things and I could feel your passion in your voice. And I was like, oh, that's, she's my, she's my girl. She's my kind of people. And so I was like, let me go find her Instagram right now. I definitely was like, this is so great to make that connection, you know? So that's what I'm loving about Clubhouse. It's just another great platform for meeting epic souls. So this was really beautiful. Thank you so much. And desire, our desires, what our heart's desires, if we can tune in to what we desire and let that be our compass, Mm -hmm. we can really unlock a lot of juicy and amazing magical experiences in our life and live a more passionate life. So I love that you're empowering women and guiding women on that journey of discovering and being open to their desires instead of us always feeling like we have to disconnect or suppress it or stuff it down or that there's shame about the things that we desire or the things that we long for. Absolutely. Uh, Okay. Well, I just inquiring minds need to know. uh, So how does a registered nurse get into the Tantra world? Well, you know, (laughs) I'm a a naughty nurse, you know, nurses, but nurses are really, if anyone says they're dating a nurse, you know, there's some freaky things are happening. I don't know. Maybe it's the stress (laughs) of the job you know, with life and death and all of that. And um, I don't know, but a lot of times you'll see that nurses, we know all about the anatomy and physiology and the human Mm -hmm. body. And I think even sometimes as a stress relief from the job, we can really go into things like some people can drink, some people can do other things for me. I don't drink or do any drugs or anything. So my outlet was always like sexual escapades. And that's how I would, Mm -hmm how I would kind of get away from my work stress and kind of unwind literally. And so, yeah, I think they're more uninhibited because we have less shame, I think too, about the human body because we understand it more and Mm. we're around human bodies all the time. So some of the hangups that some people have already that, that first layer is kind of wiped away for us. I mean, we see naked people all the time at work. It's not in the same context, of course, right? but, but there's already dropping a lot less shame and Oh, that's so interesting. I hadn't even really thought about that, that, I mean, obviously we are so impacted by our environments and what the, whatever conditioning we're receiving. And I really hear as a nurse, you're like all this body stuff, it's just normal. Yes. Yes. It's so normal. And then just think about when 
you're younger, the reference of playing doctor, right? There's always these things with the medical field. Like once um, it was at a surgery center I worked at after hours, but I once had sex on an operating room table. So, you know, like okay. things, things do happen in the hospital setting. I never really wanted to have, I knew that there was one surgeon in the town I was in that he was known for having sex sometimes with the nurses in the stairwell. I'm not a quickie kind of person. Yeah. And I was like, and, and he had had a crush on me for a while. So people were speculating and I was like, uh, hello, no. note to everyone. I'm never going to do anything that takes less time then, you know, to be caught in a stairwell. I mean, I'm not a quickie kind of a girl, which is hence why I'm into Tantra. I like things slow mm-hmm. and passionate. So it was an after hours experience. So I could take my time, mm. but yeah, you there, I think we're a little more inhibited and there's a little bit of a wild, funny side to people in the medical profession for sure. Wow. I just had not even considered this <laughs> as a possibility. You're just really opening my eyes to Vita. Well, and was there a, um, a specific moment, you know, when you said, Oh, I'm, I want to go explore Tantra. Um, sort of how did you go from, you know, being, I imagine a full-time nurse to now, you know, you're a Tantra educator and you work with women, you know, around getting in their bodies. This is such a, this is such a great question, Kaylin. Um, when I was a nurse and I used to work, I took the role of an assisting surgeon and I would work with a plastic surgeon for several years. I would be in the operating room for hours and hours with him. And we were with a team. So we were with the same team of people and the patients would be asleep. So we could talk about whatever when the patients were asleep. So quite often I would be giving sex tips to everyone in the operating room. And <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. They're like, Davida's here. I know, right? <laughs> we're going to talk about sex. You know, I have the same issue these days. Okay, continue. Yes. So... <laughs> So, you know, we would, we would be there and I would be just be giving advice and, you know, I'm a Scorpio and Scorpios are like the sex sign of the Zodiac. I was born on Halloween. So I'm, you know, very uninhibited and I don't have shame about talking about sex or things like that. So I would be giving sex tips and talking about different things. And so then I also, during that, this period of time, this is quite a while back, it was a couple of decades ago, actually, I would, um, listen to sting a lot in the because my, my, the surgeon I worked for, he wanted to listen to NPR. So our middle ground was we would, we would say, okay, we can play sting or something. So I wouldn't fall asleep while I'm helping him. And sting for a while had this thing where he was known to have tantric sex for hours with his wife. And that caught my attention. So I was like, oh my gosh, I want to know about Tantra. Like, what is that about? So I always had a curiosity about it. And this is when I lived in Texas. And I went to Barnes and Nobles. I bought a book called like the dummy's guide to Tantra, but I shelved the book because I didn't open it up and explore to, to see for myself that it really starts with you as a solo practice. You don't need a partner to begin learning Tantra, but I didn't look at the book. I just was thinking, Oh, when I manifest a partner that's interested in this, I have this book and we can just explore it. So, um, wow. I, okay. I just yes. want to pause you there. Yes. Um, that is amazing. I love that realization <laughs> and I, it's, it's so normal for women. I think when they're first starting to look at their sex, oftentimes I find that they're, they're looking at their partner, you know, Oh, yes. I don't know. You know, Oh, my partner's cock or this or that or whatever. And it's like, 
No, no. The journey starts with you. Yes. Most, most precisely. Yes. Of course, that's where you can start a tantric practice. Exactly. Exactly. And when you learn to be your own best lover, you attract better lovers and you, you learn how to be a better lover by first exploring yourself. But so often we think that we need to have someone else, you know, we need to have, we look for a relationship to do the things we want to do sexually. We want, we look to a relationship so that we feel loved. But what I love about Tantra is that, you know, pink Tantra actually works with your heart chakra and it actually is about self-love. So when you are able to love yourself in a healthy way, you approach relationships, not from scarcity or from this neediness of like, I need someone to love me. Please love me. Please love me. I have this thing. And you're like wanting, you're approaching it from a place of like, I am already filled myself with love. And what I share with you is the overflow from my cup, my cup runneth over, right. And then this overflow is what I can share with you. And I don't need to suck everything from you either. As far as energetically from you, I can just enjoy the overflow you have and whatever you give me is a bonus. I'm not here like needy or feeling insecure or approaching relationship from this energetic of lack or scarcity. So when you approach a relationship from like you being at your hundred percent best and thriving relationships, aren't 50, 50, they should be 100, 100. The thing in Hollywood about you complete me has done a disservice to a lot of women. Yeah. That's a bunch of, (laughs) that's a line in a movie. That's not reality. But a lot of people think that, you know, this relationship's going to fill this void in my life. My encouragement and what I empower women to do is to to make sure that you fill your own voids and that you heal your own wounds and you look at the patterns you're having in your dating and you start having amazing pleasure on your own. So you don't tolerate fuck boys or fuck girls. And that you then are going to attract a partner that's better. And you're going to show someone how to love you based on how you love yourself. Cause they're going to be like, wow, she's raised the bar really high. She's not going to put up with my shenanigans or me half-assed doing this because she is really able to handle herself quite well. You know what I mean? She's really, you can Uh, tell she's really filled up with love and pleasure and she's not looking to me to provide all of these things for her. She's quite capable of having epic epic pleasure on her own. So another thing, Caitlin is like when women, when we self-pleasure masturbate, a lot of times we do things very quickly because we know how to go from point A to point B fast. So when we have our, our, our time with ourselves that way. When we masturbate or self-pleasure, we can do it fast. But if a lover was to take that little time with us, we would be offended. We'd be like, why are you not taking your heck? Yes. Like why am I even bothering for this? So, well, and the other thing I want to say about this, um, you know, cause I, when I talk to women about self-pleasure, um, you know, I say, I'm like, okay, if you're going to use a vibrator, like it's totally, it's totally fine. And there is something that um, is on a completely different planet that you can access with just your finger, you know, and there's a, and I'm sure you find this in your work. It's like um, the experience of going for a fast orgasm is a contracting experience in your body. Yes. But like allowing an orgasm to unfold and it actually expands your range in terms of the pleasure that you can feel in your body. That is just on a completely different planet. Exactly. Exactly. I love that you're sharing this, Kaylin. 
Um, I hardly ever use toys. I might use like crystal, like a crystal wand or something. I, I I have one vibrator that I've only used a few times and I've owned it. Um, because I feel like there's the chance of desensitization. I think sometimes if you put uh, like a thin towel or washcloth or something between some of those, like the Hitachi wands or something, because you don't want to desensitize yourself that much. It's just the same as when males will watch porn and they're aggressively, um, they're aggressively grabbing their cock and, you know, with a lot of friction, like when a, when a woman is really wet and lubricated and turned on and she's not going to clench you that tight, like with a really tight hand grip. And so men will also desensitize themselves as well when they do those, when they masturbate that way. And then when they're with a woman and she's really lubricated, then they're like, Oh, this isn't, you know, it's not as tight as like super hand grip, but that's not realistic. And it's the same thing with a vibrator. If it's, you're not able able to tap into those subtle sensations, it can cause a lot of pleasure. And for me, I've always just preferred to use my hands. Um, That's just me, but I know some people it's different. And I equate it to like, if you have a clitoral orgasm, it's the clit. If you're going to differentiate, but when you're in utero, if you're going to become a male, then the clit is the head of the penis, right? So the clit, when you have a clitoral orgasm, it's almost like a really quick orgasm, like a man would have. And it's almost like a genital sneeze, like a quick achoo. And like, it's just like a quick, you kind of short circuit, like, and boom, you're done. Whereas if you can take your time and, and caress other places in your body and the clit goes, extends down to your, the lips of your labia underneath there, the legs of the clit that go down there. And if you experience ple- other pleasure along. Oh, and let me start start- you there. Yes. If people do not know what Davida is talking about, Google image, a clitoris, like, I don't know, like just a clitoris image, right? Because yes, if you're not clear on this, the clitoris is actually a huge organ. Yes. The, the clit is just see. the tip of the iceberg for real. <laughs> yeah. We Again. can just only see the little teeny tiny head. But there's a whole organ under there, 8,000 nerve endings. <laughs> and it's the only organ in the human body that's made specifically for pleasure only with no other function. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, women, we can have over nine types of orgasms. And so, you know, to do pleasure mapping and to take your time and do breath work and feel like a full body orgasm. And like you're saying, where you feel like like expanding, that's what you're experiencing, the expansiveness of it. And so the contraction and the quick like of the clitoral orgasm when you kind of do that fast. So you can have just like these profound experiences with pleasure and pleasure is medicine. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So I just have 9 million questions. I love it in this. Um, well, so tell me about, um, you know, I can just imagine being a woman listening to this, (laughs) just being like, I don't even know where to start. Um, you know, in really like creating relationship with yourself and your body and, and creating a, a nourishing self-pleasure practice. Um, so what would you tell women, you know, are, are a few ways that they can just start small to start getting, getting in touch with this? Yes. I prioritize your pleasure, you know, schedule. There can be so many demands with our time and our schedules. 
schedule it on your calendar, put yourself on the top of your to-do list and make yourself a date night, you know, make it to where you have a nice dinner. Don't eat anything too heavy, maybe fruits and vegetables, something light, because what happens is when you eat a heavy, heavy meal, all your blood flow is going to your stomach to digest the food and it decreases the amount of blood flow that's going to your genitals. So you want to have good. You don't blood want flow. that ladies. Yes. So, <laughs> So just something, something light and nutritious and stay hydrated, you know, and not like heavy pasta and steak or something like that. Right. So something light and then do something where you have like candles, play some of your favorite music, dance, dancing really helps with your energy, your sexual energy or pelvis. Um, it helps you. We have chakras, which we go over in Tantra, like these energy centers in your body and dancing is really great for activating them, especially your sexual chakras and your root chakra and your pelvis. So whenever you dance, you get that energy moving and it's really kind of a turn on. You just kind of get the blood flow going and it's really sexy and doing a sensual dance, doing something in the mirror where you're honoring yourself and you're just the goddess. Oh yeah. And having time for that. Yes. And just, and then have like a bubble bath, just do all the things like have a nice bubble bath and then get some essential oils, like even coconut oil or something like that. And give yourself a massage, even massage your breasts with a coconut oil and take your time, Mm. make it slow, have a nice playlist on Spotify, something that you like and just explore and then do pleasure mapping where you're just feeling on your body, like with your fingertips or with a little more firm pressure and touching different places on your body and just seeing how different sensations feel on your body. And then teasing yourself, like feeling your pleasure, feeling the sensation as you rub between your thighs and across your groins and on the top of your thighs before you go into touching your pussy, you know, like take your time with it and then just slowly and get some coconut oil and then slowly explore. And it's really important, of course, before you sell pleasure to wash your hands and things like that. And after you sell pleasure, always go and pee. That way, if any bacteria, normal bacteria get pushed up towards your urethra, then you don't have um, try to develop a UTI. Sometimes we know to do that with sex, but we don't think to do that during a self-pleasure. So that's the nurse tip coming out in me. Uh, but so then what you're going to do is just explore and have this amazing pleasure and breathe so deeply. If you notice whenever you're about to have an orgasm, you're right on the verge of that. A lot of times our bodies start to tense up and we can contract a little bit and we can breath hold right? So what's happening when you do that is you're contracting and you're decreasing the amount of oxygenation to your, to your sex, to your sex organs. And you're, you know, you're constricting things. And so what you want to do is breathe deeply in that because it's like a fire, like your orgasm is like a flame. And just, if you take the oxygen away from a candle and you cover it, you snuff it out. But if you let it get more oxygen, the flat, the fire will, will expand. Same with your orgasm. So a lot of times, if you've noticed, even with a partner yourself, if you've noticed that, man, that orgasm, I was just about to have a huge orgasm and where the heck did it go? A lot of times you don't know subconsciously, you're not noticing that you're holding your breath. So breathe in deeply all the way from your pussy, all the way to the top of your head. Just imagine as if you have this pathway, you know, this tube coming you know, on the front of your spine of pleasure, just coming all the way up through your body and just feel that and allow your pleasure to expand. And it can go beyond just your pussy and you can just feel it all throughout your body. So those are some things that I would do as a self-pleasure ritual. Oh, I love that. 
Okay. I have to tell you on a personal note, I just, uh, got myself this gorgeous, uh, crystal wand. And I think that's what you call it. Um, and so, and I haven't started, I mean, I, I've, you know, kind of, you know, used it a few times. Um, and I, my intention is to, you know, get some resources around it and, and actually like learn what the hell I'm supposed to do with this thing. Um, but you know, I've just been, I've just been self-pleasuring with my hand and, um, having a great time over here in the pandemic. And, uh, anyways, yeah, I love that. Had a, had a desire to uh, start exploring, you know, with a crystal. Um, so, you know, just for my own uh, pleasure, what do you recommend in terms of sort of like integrating that into my practice? Um, I would recommend one take your take your time with it and start first with your hand and get yourself aroused. And always before you insert an object into your body, always make sure that your body is a full yes to it, that you're aroused because it's our body. So we can think, Oh, I'm just going to like put this thing in there really quick, but actually your body and the way your nervous system is wired. You want to like also give yourself your own consent and be sure that you're a full body. Yes. To receive that. Cause sometimes in our mind, we can think, I want to try out this toy, but if our body is not really receptive and we're not really aroused enough, Mm-hmm. And it can almost be like you're violating yourself if you try to rush. So I would take your, my time with it. You can even do things to kind of warm it up with some warm water. You don't want to get it too hot, but more warm water, have some lube there. And then just take time stroking, stroking the outside and then teasing yourself slowly with it as you start to get more aroused. And then you take more of that in and then breathe it in really deep, just take nice deep breaths and relax. And even moaning and sound is really important. And that's with your throat chakra. Sound is like a thief and it steals the tension from your body. And when you let go of the tension, you can surrender more to the orgasmicness because you're not being as constricted. So sound really lets you let go of a lot of tension if you're holding that inside your body. Oh, yeah. I, uh... This is great. I feel like you are giving me a language and a frame of reference for the things that I know to be true. Yes, I'm intuitively, yes. <laughs> but I'm like, yes, I feel so validated in this conversation. Um, yeah, I'm always wondering. I'm like, you know, I, I live in a bungalow where, so I don't share any walls with anybody, but my na- the, the bungalow next to me is rather close. And I'm always curious. I'm like, can they hear me while I'm just, you know, uh, going to town on my self-pleasure? <laughs> They might, but oh well. Just play. A but little oh well. Bit of what are you gonna you do? Play a little music with it. And, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is. I feel like you are uniquely positioned to speak about this next topic, um, which is libido. And any any time um, somebody says that word to me, I I sort of cringe you know, because it feels very clinical and it's just not the way that I speak about sexuality in the world. You know, like I'm, I talk about turn on and, uh, yeah, really mostly I talk about turn on and eroticism and, you know, sort of all of these, like, just like much sexier words, quite frankly. Um, and so I'm so curious to hear from you just in general, your relationship to that word and how you work with it in your space, um, given that you also have a medical background. 
Yes, there's so many things that can impact libido. And since I do have a medical background, when I work with clients, one thing I do is evaluate what medications they're on. And especially like if I work with male clients, what medications they're on that could be impacting their erections and things like that. So I want to know baseline what medications people are on because some medications can impact libido. Also, depending on your age, like what your different hormone levels are that could be impacting your drive as well, what your testosterone levels are for both males and females. And so whenever I work with clients, I'm kind of giving a holistic approach. I'm going to kind of look at everything and do things to help optimize your health and optimize your pleasure and be sure that you're also seeing your physician on some of these things so we can explore deeper. But there's also things like foods that are aphrodisiacs. You can also, if you're eating less meat and less dairy, your digestive system is able to rest a little bit and you're able to digest your food more easily. And then the blood flow stays more in your sex organs, which is really important. Just think of it as energy. You're wanting energy to surge through your body. And whenever you eat food, you know, whenever we eat like a heavy meal or you go to a, you know, in the past, like if you've gone to you eat buffet and you eat foods that are really dense and heavy. And they can make you feel really lethargic and just your energy doesn't flow through you as easily. Whereas if you eat foods that come from energy, you eat foods that are like fruits and vegetables that are energized by the sun, you literally take that in and take the ones that keep you lighter and keep energy flowing more fluidly through you. Also, so that you don't add, you know, if you start adding weight to your abdomen, then all of your blood flow is having to provide your vessels or having to provide blood flow to those tissues and you get less blood flow down to your sex organs. So just keeping your body primed, like your body is the instrument for pleasure. So what are you doing health-wise? So even things like exercising, improve blood flow and improve desire. Even if the exercise is just dance, dancing is really great way. And that's really great for your sex organs too. And it can be really sexy. So doing things like that to help with your libido and then just also meditation is great because your brain is your largest sex organ. So meditation will help you if you're having stress or other things like that and help to give you some more clarity. And then noticing too, what else is going on in your life that could be creating a stressor to where you're not having libido? Or is it someone that you've been with for a while and maybe you know the relationship's not healthy for you anymore? And even though you're kind of trying to stay in there because we feel sometimes we can feel like, oh, we've invested this much time. So Mm -hmm. I should hang in there, but sometimes your body will stop desiring because your body will realize before your mind will realize, um, we don't want to continue to be here anymore. Like we're not feeling like this is the best place for us. So sometimes your body is trying to give you a signal as to what your true yes or your true no is. So just pay attention to those things. And then you could have work stress. And during these times that we've been having lately, um, there's a lot of stress in our world and different added different layers and elements to that. And so, and with not being as social and not being around people feeling so, so disconnected, then that can also impact our libido. So there's so many factors. So just digging in deep to see when I work with people, like what specifically seems to be impacting them and then what can we do to increase their drive and help them tap more into their desire. Another thing is, you know, it's almost like if, if you don't use it, you lose it. So even with women, the more we masturbate, the more we have desire, the more we have sex with a partner, the more we want to have sex with a partner. Totally. So then if you stop for a while and you're not doing anything, you can really disconnect from your body and like be really in your logical mind. 
and thinking and worrying and these kinds of things. And then putting yourself, not prioritizing yourself, but your sexual energy is your most creative energy. It's your life force energy. You're literally created from sexual energy. And this is the fuel. This is the power where you can create a life that you want. Because imagine we literally were created from that. So when you want to go back and say, you know what, I'm, there's things I'm not enjoying about my life right now. I really want to revamp things. I really want to create something else. I want a new experience. I invite you to think about what, what would happen if I tapped into my sexual energy as the starting point for this creative process. My first life got started here. Why can't I do things to shift things in my life by coming back to this? this very energy that gave me life, why don't I tap into that and use that as a a force for creating the life that my heart desires? And if you read the book by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, chapter 11 is titled Sexual Transmutation. And this is pretty edgy when you think this book was published in the 1930s. So for being successful, he's acknowledging a full chapter of his book that it's about tapping into and connecting to your sexual energy. These are techniques I teach my clients. These were techniques used by Nikola Tesla, Thomas Edison, Steve Jobs to tap into their creative genius. And, you know, it's been said that Nikola Tesla spent time in India studying Tantra. So he was able to learn how to use his life force energy for his creativity to bring his genius and his gifts into the world. So What are you wanting to bring to life? What do you want to birth? We do not as women just have to birth children. Sometimes we may choose not to have children and that's perfectly okay. We can create a lot of things with the energy that we have in life. And I think sometimes that's why men, not in the older patriarchy, some men are really great and supportive of women and that's so beautiful. But in older generations, the men were very intimidated by the women and the fact that we can have nine different types of orgasms, the fact that we do have more staying power than they have. The fact that we can give birth to life, all of the things that we can do that they're not able to do. And instead of celebrating the power that we have, they would try to repress it. So I say, don't repress it, express it. Mm -hmm. Tap into your power and express yourself freely. Yeah, totally. Well, and I... Um, so I love just the conversation about sort of what I heard with the, you know, libido conversation. And like I said, I even just cringe saying that word. Um, but you know, there's sort of, it's like, okay, what are the things that are blocking your sex? You know, is like stuff that's going on at work, stuff that's going on in your relationship, medications, your food, you know, there's so many things that can actually block your sex. Shame is a whole other category, right? That's the number uh, one, that's the number one block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so I hear that it's like, okay, do, you know, doing the healing work or whatever you need to do around those blocks. And then, you know, just the practice, the regularity of you know, touching yourself, having sex with your partner, if you have one, but like being, creating a sensual space. And, um, and the thing I talk a lot about is just, it's all just practice. It's like, just like you would get on a yoga mat, like go stroke your pussy, Yes, (laughs) you know, same kind of intention. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of space that you create for that. You should have your own pleasure rituals and you should connect to your pleasure 
and not have any shame about it. And one of the things I guide my clients through a lot, both male and female is shame. It's really huge in our society, unfortunately. And that's why I'm so passionate about being a voice about that. One of the things that I would witness as a nurse, and now I've left my 30 year career as a nurse to go all in with my Tantra coaching. But one of the things is that I could see patients that were being newly diagnosed with cancers. And sometimes the cancer would be you know, reproductive organs and things like that. And these women, you could just get the vibe and the energy from them that they were very disconnected from their sexual energy. And in their chart, their history or diagnosis may be anxiety, depression, they're having stress. They had had like an abusive adult relationship in the family. You know, some things like that have been happening. And so they were overwhelmed with stress and disease is actually that it's dis-ease. It's having discomfort in your body. So instead of allowing discomfort and stress to overtake your system, rewire your system and your health by tapping into your pleasure and feeling the pleasure energy that it is medicine and it's rejuvenative, you know? And so in Taoist tech practices, which I merged Taoist with my tantric techniques and the Taoist, the emperors would use these practices for longevity. So you would actually use your orgasmic energy and use that with breathwork practices to breathe that or the orgasms through your organ systems for vitality and for longevity. Mm. And so that's really, it's really powerful, powerful practices. It's, you know, again, it is medicine. medicine. Yes, for real. So, you know, there's so much shame about it, but imagine if we really understood how to connect to our intimate power, we keep thinking that everything that we need to fix or everything we need to be happy is outside of ourselves, but really, truly the treasures lie within us. And your body's just waiting for you to unlock and explore these treasures. But whenever society and government have us thinking that everything is outside of us, that makes us become consumers and distracts us. And also we're giving away our power. We're not realizing how powerful we are. So we're easier to control. So of course, there's going to be a lot of shame around it. And they're going to try to repress that because they don't want us to connect to how powerful we are. They don't want us to wake up to our true essence. Yeah, totally. Um, Okay. Tell me about the nine types of orgasm. What do women need to know about this? (laughs) Great question. There's, yeah, there's all different types of orgasms, like the A spot, like with the anterior fornix, the posterior fornix, and all of this, I would have to like show on diagrams. Um, You have your G spot. You have the G spot. What do you think is like, the what do you think is the most important thing to know for women to know about the fact that there are nine types of orgasms i think the most important thing to realize is that there's so many your body your body is wired to experience exquisite pleasure pleasure is your birthright so you know, you don't have to feel like you need to experience all nine of them. But if you're having challenges with experiencing orgasms or pleasure, just know there's so much possibility for you because you're literally wired to experience pleasure. Mm-hmm. So that's my invitation just to explore another possibility. You can even have nipple gasms. You can even have like, I'm able to have energy orgasms. I can literally, when my energy and everything with my partner is really on point, I can literally lay next to a partner without them touching me and I can have an orgasm. and that's just a really deep tantric practice but it's with breath work it's with working with your chakras and with having a partner that their inner their energy centers are vibing with yours it's really powerful so 
there's so much more than you can experience than you ever imagined possible. And just my invitation is for you to open up to that and explore that. Well, and just what I hear in that is even just holding the possibility for that. I mean, I really relate to this. Um, I'm forgetting what I shared on the panel that we were on last week, but uh, many of my listeners know, you know, I had never had an orgasm as of the age of 32. And wow. for long, yeah, for, that's how I got into this work. And for the longest time, I thought I'm broken. It's mm. this, and I really didn't even think it was possible. I got to a certain point where I was like, oh, I guess I'm just not going to have that life experience, you know? And what I didn't realize at the time was that I had to work through the layers and layers and layers and layers of sexual shame yes. that I was operating on top of. Yes. And I, that's one thing that I really do help my clients with because so many mm -hmm. have shame. I'm lucky that I didn't experience a lot of sexual shame because my mother openly talked about sex and sexuality with me. And I just, you know, I, I just had a different relationship with that. But my first person that I was with, I lost my virginity to him when I was 15. By 19, we were married and I had a daughter with him. And mm -hmm. in four years, he had been my only partner in four years of being with him. I never had an orgasm and he was four years older than me and I never had an orgasm. And I thought I was frigid. I was like, Oh, yeah. I'm not able to have orgasms. And then two partners after him, I learned a different technique and I was, I tried something different with a partner and I was able to have orgasms. I was more thankful for that. That experience meant a lot more to me than the whole BS of losing your virginity, which you're not really losing anything, whatever. Right. That's a whole other conversation. But like for having a memory that meant the most impact to me, like that was a pivotal moment in my life. I was like, oh yes, this is amazing. <laughs> oh, well, and what are some of the, I love that. I, yeah, that was the experience I had. I was like, oh my gosh, it's possible. Uh, what are some of the practices that you give to women that are working through layers and layers of sexual shame, like in their body? Well, one of the things, and this can be a trigger warning. So I just want to alert everyone. And I'm just sharing this with a lot of love. But yeah. one of the things is like, if I have clients that unfortunately, like one in three people in our in adults have experienced sexual trauma as a child. So whenever I have adult clients and they've had some sexual trauma when they were children, a lot of times they have a lot of shame about sex. And so one of the things that I will share with them is, you know, if you're feeling shame, sometimes they feel shame because the act itself was completely, completely wrong and should not have happened. But since your body is wired for pleasure, their bodies would respond with a pleasure response to a horrific, horrific mm -hmm. experience that they weren't able to process because they were younger. But so then they have this conflicting story and they're thinking, well, like I didn't want that to happen and that shouldn't have happened. And I resent that that happened. I, you know, I'm not condoning that that happened. But my body did feel good during that response. So in some way, was I asking for this or some way, does that make it okay mm. in a way? Or, you know, they really can, I've seen, I've worked with women that have really struggled with this. And my message is this, your body is wired and built to experience amazing pleasure. And think about it, how painful childbirth is and pregnancy and all that. 
<laughs> totally. We had to be made to experience pleasure or else we would never have pregnancy. We wouldn't, the, right. popular, the human kind would never exist. So we were created to experience epic pleasure. Mm. So the thing is your body was doing and functioning. If you did feel a good sensation, I'm not saying everyone does, but if sometimes this is an inner conflict, a turmoil for someone, if you did feel pleasure during an experience that you did not consent, you do not need to carry guilt or shame about that. That person is the person that is wrong and at fault. That person was an adult and should have made the right decision. And that you are an innocent and you do not need to carry shame or responsibility. And if your body did experience something, a positive, pleasurable sensation, in no way were you consenting. And your body was just doing what your body anatomically is designed to do. Mm. And so there's no guilt or shame for you to carry. And my invitation would be to make amends with things that are in the past and not to allow that past moment to continue to impact your present reality where you can, where you deny yourself a different experience. Like now you are in a safe space and Mm -hmm. to, to pick choices and partners and, and even just yourself loving yourself pleasure and allow yourself to feel pleasure in your body and, and to, you know, you are, you're just an innocent, beautiful soul. And what other people's actions imposed upon you does not define who you are and just love yourself in this moment and give yourself a lot of compassion and allow yourself to create new experiences from this future moment moving forward. That is beautiful. Oh, I love the, I love the permission of just honoring yourself honoring your pleasure and making amends. That is so gorgeous. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Wow. Well, so we're going to start to wrap up, but before we do that, um, I'd love uh, for you to share anything that you want to about what's going on in your business, how people can get in touch with you. Tell us all the things. Thank you so much. So it's so easy to find me. You can find me through Yes Tantra. My website is yestantra.com. And on social medias, it's just at Yes Tantra and on my YouTube as well. And on Clubhouse now, I'm also Yes Tantra. So if you're there, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Um, But one of the things that I do have is a masterclass, a female pleasure masterclass. And so I go over the anatomy and physiology. There's a bunch of slides that show the female anatomy. I talk about the nine different types of orgasms and even give some oral sex tips and some. Okay. Yes. (laughs) And so, and this is a great class for both, you know, all genders and just to even understand the human body and understand the, the beauty of the female body and just understanding your pleasure. And at the end of this, it's a recorded masterclass that I had. And at the end, it was followed with a 30 minute Q&A where I answer other people's questions. And so it's a 90 minute recording and you can download it immediately. And so I'll be sharing the link to that here. And um, I also have a self-love ebook. And it's um, Introduction to Tantra, White, Pink, and Red Tantra Practices. And it's how I healed myself from a heartbreak and really took a time to be celibate and not to, and still self-pleasuring myself, but just took some time for healing. And then use these practices and the 12 Days of Self-Love, one person 
contacted me and they're like, I've had such great results. I'm going to do the 12 days again round for round two. And they're like, I went to see my therapist and my therapist told me, what are you doing differently? Like there's been a shifting in what's happening. And she shared with them that she'd been doing my ebook. And so they wanted my website and everything to check out the book for themselves because they could see the difference in her, that the impact that I had. So that's a great way to start. And then if you want to be on my wait list, I also have a program um, that's the, called the OM method, the orgasmic magic manifestation method. And it's about like sex magic manifestation, using your pleasure with the phases of the moon and just knowing how to manifest amazing things in your life. I've manifested celebrity clients, abundance, so many amazing things in my life. And my friends were like, wow, you're just like such a super manifester. But I, I use a lot of these practices because again, yeah. I'm tapping into that ability to create with my sexual energy. So there's a wait list for that. So I'll just share the links here. And then I do one-on-one coaching as well. So Amazing. all kinds of possibilities. All right. Yes. Well, we will include all the things in the show notes. Um, definitely you. get in touch with Davida um, if your pussy feels called. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Davida, thank you so much just for your generosity and your light and um, your orgasmic energy. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yes. That's the yummy energy. I love that. (laughs) Thanks, Kaylin. All right. Thanks everybody. Bye everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.